שני. אוקיי. מטור אודיאנסס. I'm talking about us. Okay, I'm going to get it. Okay, we're talking about, we're talking about the transition from, from being uh, a cute little boy to being a, uh, a complicated young man. And... I mentioned at the end last week that we're going to go through over the next uh, two weeks or so we're going to go through eight eight uh, changes that take place <coughs> and we'll talk a little bit about each one some we'll talk more about than the others and this will lead us into the next phase of our of our discussion regarding Kedusha Yosef at Sadiq Shmir Sagriz so let's go through let's go through some of these basic changes and just try to understand. Aleph. The most obvious is a physical change. At this age, of course, the male hormones are being released in the child's body and the body begins to develop to, develop, to change very, very quickly. It begins to get taller, facial hairs, etc. The voice begins to get thicker. I'm not uh, a science teacher, and that's not what we're studying over here, but everybody knows that this is something that, that the child experiences, and, and like all these other changes, to one degree or another, is somewhat uh, traumatic and difficult to go through. It also brings to a, a, a great weakening of the body, a certain weakening that takes place. At the same time that the child is growing and getting stronger, but the child is generally much more tired. And even though we've all heard that and we all know about that, nevertheless, what happens very often and it's not something we're going to go into at all, it's not really important for us now, is that it's difficult to be mavchen, it's difficult to distinguish, to know the difference between a child who is lazy, who is being lazy, and perhaps somewhat spoiled and lazy, and, uh, and the child that just physically, because of the changes that he's going through, needs, needs more sleep. Generally, boys at that age uh, need more sleep. But of course, if you acknowledge that, so then you, ne- you never know, like, <coughs> h- how much advantage they'll take of that. Like, when you try to get them up in the morning for davening and to go to yeshiva and so on, why do you, how come, like, when you're on vacation, you need less sleep? Uh, <laughs> certain, there are certain digdukim uh, that you could make, and, like, why does that fluctuate and change? But the mitzvah is, <clears throat> there are often very, very big misunderstandings <laughs> regarding this, because it's hard to tell, but there's definitely a change that takes place, and they definitely need more, they need more rest, they need more sleep during that time, which is just how it works. But I'm not a maven in this, and, uh, but that's, that's an important change that has a very big effect, effect on the kids. The second base is much more important. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, I mentioned this earlier. At this time, crossing over by mitzvah, starts a little bit earlier, but crossing by mitzvah, 13, 14, 15, for the first time, the child begins to ask himself the question, uh, you know, who am I? Who am I? What are my own thoughts? What are my own opinions? What is it that I want in my life? Uh, am I living my own life, or am I stam just following orders from my parents, from my teachers, and so on? Do I really identify with any of this? There's an amazing Medrash Tanchuma that I saw last week in the Tanchuma and Pashas of Yaakov. Listen to this Medrash Tanchuma. <coughs> the Medrash says, Atamaitse Shloisha Shemos Nikru Lola Adam. 
The Medrash says, the Tanchuman says that a person has three names. What does that mean? A person has three names. Echod mashakarim lo ovevi'imo. The first name is what his parents give him. That's how we're known. That's the first name. Mashakarim lo ovevi'imo. Vechod mashakarim lo b'nei adam. Then a person is known. It could be a nickname, a kinui. It could be that he's known in a different way by other people. That's the second. And the third is what he acquires himself. Tov mikulon mashakainahu la'atzmai. Tov mikulon is mashakainahu la'atzmai. The parents call the child a name. I mean, the parents have a perception. And the name, of course, is the identity. means the identity, the zahut, the zehus, the identity. The parents have that perception of the child and identify the child. The Medrash is using the word name here, obviously, figuratively. It doesn't mean the name Mamish. So the parents give the child a name, and they have that perception. That's their perception, and oftentimes they get locked into that. That's the perception that they have of the child. By that, and that's the name that they call the child by. Other people have a certain perception of a person. And the third is, Mashakari, the third is, and the most important of the names that a person has is not what he's called by his parents, not their perception of him, not his friend's perception of him, the world's perception, but how he sees himself. This need to have a name, not the ones that they're not necessarily the one that was given to you by your parents. Again, I'm using the word name, you understand, not literally. That need to have an identity. How do I identify myself? That begins at this time of puberty. It begins. Every child is a little bit different, but it begins at this time. The Svasem is in Vayishlach, Tafresh, Nun Zayin. I didn't focus that everything because sometimes the one line here, one line there. The larger pieces I'm going to, we're going to learn together. But in Vayishlach, Tafresh, Nun Zayin, the Svasem has a sentence, Ki Hashem shel ha'odam hu also ha'inyin shenikra shmo olav. The name of a person... In the early years, I, I gave a lot of shiurim in this Indian, but the name of a person is not just how he's called. The name of a person is is his purpose in existence. That he was sent into this world. He was sent into this world to be masakin, to to fix, to repair, to perfect, to reach a place of shleimus that is somehow in his name, that is in the name, whatever that name is, Yaakov, Moshe, Vero, Ben, so-and-so, it's, it is in the name, and the person was sent into the world to be misakin that, to find out, really, who am I? Again, it's not so much the name, that's a separate discussion. It's each person was sent with a unique personality, with a unique identity, and the tachlis of being in this world is, l'sakin also ha'inyin, shenikr shmolav, the loshno de svasamis in b'chukosai, and tafresh lamed beis, on the on the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, if I'm not for myself, everybody knows the Mishnah. And he writes, Every person was created, each person was created for something unique and something specific. Al Mashi Adam 
And no person who ever lived, or who ever will live, was sent into this world with the exact same shlichus of what each one of us was sent to accomplish. <coughs> Raku. That's what it means. If I'm not going to become myself, if I don't, if I don't identify myself and seek throughout my life to be mashla myself with my personality and my kairos, then me li. As Vasemus explains, <coughs> me li, so no one else is going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, now this is where it gets particularly complicated. <coughs> if I separate myself from everybody else, as the Mishnah says, then mo'ani. Then, then what will become of me? The ikir is to try to understand who am I, to uncover oneself, oneself, to realize that, and at the same time, not to separate oneself from the klal, from the tzibah. If I'm only going to be for myself, the Svasamis explains, then mo'ani. The Iker is, Rabbi said, that at that age, a child begins to wonder, what are my kishrainas? What are my talents? What are my skills? So from the very, very beginning, the child begins to think about this. Am I good at, am I good at sports? Am I good at reading? Am I good at learning? Am I good? They're beginning to wonder what the kishrainas are. And on a, on a deeper level, they begin to ask the question, am I good? Am I a good person? They'll never say that. The kid will never, ever speak about it. But they begin to wonder, am I good? And sometimes they've heard a lot of things from either parents or from teachers that they're not good. And the child begins to wonder, am I, am I, am I good? In what way am I good? In, why am I, in what way am I not good? These are questions that the child begins to have. The Torah that you have in front of you is from, is from Rav Cook. Look inside. Let's learn it together. It's very, very important. Holchem heim on the on kufnun beis kovitz hey kufnun kufnun beis holchem heim hashvilim haruchonim b'maarochos miuchados. That means all spiritual pathways, all spiritual pathways, go, follow, move along a certain course, particular course. Olam olam bifnei atzmo. Each each world, each person as a world, has its particular path. Ha'omed ba'olam echad, and a Jew, a person who is in his world, in that world, the way that he was created, b'shvil miyuchad, his own particular shvil, his own particular path, yuchol olam she'en it's possible, Rav Kook says, that he'll notice a shvil, a pathway, a world, she'en that's not really his, he'll notice that, which is a shvil miyuchad la'acher, it's really a path that is, that belongs to someone else. Ilios nidme letohu When I look, I have my world, my shvil, and I look at someone else's, Rav Kook says, it appears to me that the other, that other way of that other person is tohu vavo. Is tohu vavo. L'churba, l'churba va'afela. A way of churban and a way of darkness. Because I can only see in, 
through the eyes of my own world. Even though for that person, it's that person's world. It's filled with binyan, with, with structure, a building, and light. For that other person, that shvil, that olam, is everything. So now at this point you think that Rav Kook is going to say this is terrible, and we have to break down all of these walls between us, and we have to all come together and join each other in each other's worlds. That's not what he says at all. What he does say is, Shmira tzaruch kol echad lios mugdar ba'olamo. Shmira tzaruch kol echad, there must be a shmira. Tzaruch kol echad lios mugdar ba'olamo. Each each one has to be mugdar to have his world, to know what is my world, what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what are my interests, and so on. Leos mugdar ba'olamo. Vim yahin lahatzitz ba'olam she'eno shalo. And if he dares, and he has some pleasure to, to peek, to see ba'olam she'eno shalo to take a look into someone else's world that is not his world. He must know to be careful, to guard his own ruach, who he is. It's okay to take a peek. It's okay to look and to admire someone else's way. But but lo But not to become rooted and embedded in somebody else's way. Because it's very easy to uproot oneself from one's own world. It's very easy to uproot yourself from who you really are. Ve'ha'olam hazar lo And that strange world that is not you, will never absorb you, will never really take you in. We'll never take you in. We'll entertain you. <coughs> we'll keep you busy. But we'll never ever truly take you in. Lirega, For a brief time, you could be accepted in that other way. That's not you. As a guest. Vim yikova besocho, or yikba besocho as diroso, but if you try to establish your home in another person's way, in someone else's world, you'll find yourself sitting on scorpions, which is a, a, a way of saying you'll find yourself miserable. You'll find yourself just broken and miserable. This is what's happening to many, many kids as they're growing up and to adults. You feel a terrible, terrible um, you feel a terrible tzara and a tzaras, <coughs> that a terrible anguish, and you feel a failure, a darkness, and you feel menudach. You begin to feel that you're that you're excluded, that you're not really part of anything. You don't have a home. You don't have a place. Veloma tishge b'ni bizar. So it says in Mishlei. You know there are many there are many psukim in Mishlei. That's where Shlomo Malch is warning about a person leaving his home, leaving his wife, and going seeking pleasure elsewhere. 
Why are you wandering off and making a mistake with a strange woman, with a foreign woman? Why are you embracing and hugging? Why are you in somebody else's embrace, a stranger's embrace? Hashem, before Hashem's eyes are the pathways of each person, every single person. Every child, every one of us has his own derech, his own way. Nochach ene Hashem darche ish. V'chol ma'agalosav mefales. And all of the pathways of a person are weighed. Shma b'ni musaravicha v'altitash tarisimecha. Listen, Shlomo Mel says, to the musar of your father and the teachings. Don't abandon the teachings of your mother. And it says over there, I just wrote down the list for you. I don't want to waste the money on a separate page. Shesei mayim mi borcha and what's Shlomo's warning to each child? What can I tell you that you have to take with you your whole life? He says, drink water from your own bore. And liquids and drinks from your well. Don't drink from anybody else's bore, from anybody else's be'er. Drink only from your wellsprings, not from anybody else's. That's what Shlomo says. As, as, as interesting, as appealing, as exciting as they might seem to you, Make sure to only drink from your be'er, the water from your be'er, not anybody else's. Now, understandably, understandably, the child, <coughs> the child at this age is looking everywhere. He's trying to understand, who am I? Who am I? What is, what, what is my be'er? The things that he took from his parents without any questions all of the years... The parents are having a harder time with him buying these things. He wants to find his own bear, and he doesn't know how to do that. Even as adults, we're not quite sure what that means exactly. How do I find out that <coughs> name that I'm looking for, that Hashem sent me into this world to take care of? How do I find that? So what the child naturally does is intuitively he feels the need to separate, we'll talk about that in the next thing a little bit more, to separate from his parents. And he's looking for other people as a Yeshua, that in those other people he's going to, <coughs> he's going to look at those people because he doesn't know how to really think this out, so he's going to look at other people in his life, and he's going to try to learn from those other people to get a sense of, by looking at them, who I really am, who I want to be, who I am. Since they're not at an age yet where they can understand much, much more than that. So now, if, if you're lucky, then your son looks at his Rebbe, and the Rebbe's an unbelievable person. He's sweet, he's good, he's kind, he's smart, cool, right? And, and then and your son is going to say, I know who I want to be like. I want to be like Rebbe. I want to be like Rebbe. I want to be like Rebbe. That's that's already uh, that's the best possible thing, uh, unless God forbid the Rebbe is not something. <coughs> but hopefully, that's the kind of a person that the child will look up to. Him. He would want to impersonate, <coughs> impersonate. I mean, he's trying to find himself, but he d- he doesn't know how to do that. So he looks at different models in his life. He just he just looks. The parents automatically think that can't be it because that's that's because they're the ones that are just making me into them, and I don't want to be them. I want to be myself. So who, who, so imena nili mili. So who am I? So they're just looking and they're shopping. 
to find an identity. They're, they're shopping for identities. So sometimes they'll find that in, in, in a Rebbe. Sometimes it'll be in some, uh, some relative, not, generally not the parents. It'll be sometimes yes, but generally not. But sometimes it could be in a relative. Uh, more often, when it comes to boys, it'll be in it'll be in uh, it'll be in somebody from the class, or it'll be somebody from some uh, some ball play. It'll be a ball play that the kid wants to identify and to find himself. And he says, "If I would be like that person, then I would be that would be me. I I am that person. I just don't know how to play ball like that yet. I I, I you know, but over time." And they start to they start to try to imitate, to impersonate, believing that they're going to find that I, their own personal identity in that in that uh, individual outfit that they're copying and they're imitating. But the reason that it's such a strong thing by them, and and for instance, like for for a, a boy now at, at that t- at this time of life, you know, if somebody is not if somebody is not cool, and and if however that that term is being identified by that group that he is in of what's considered to be cool or not to be cool with the clothing of how to dress a certain way of what's the cool guy in the class who's imitating somebody who's cool on a show and and the the child is convinced that the only way that I could be cool is if I if I dress like those people and that's that's going to make me happy and the and the question of him anili mili of seeking out my own the need to f- to find myself, they will try to accomplish that by looking by looking at others and by imitating others. It's a very very strong thing at that time in their lives. Gimel three. Is it good for them? It can be very good for them. It's a very normal and healthy thing, and and if we try to stop them from being that way, our job is to try to direct them towards people that are, are more kedai to look up to. Are more worth, are more worthy of their admiration, and so on. But we encourage the encouragement is for, for a child to be able to identify himself to see what his strengths and weaknesses are. But that's, uh, but it, it all depends on the level of maturity. But we try as much as we can to discourage them from modeling themselves after less desirable people, and modeling themselves after more desirable people. That's all we could do. But it's a natural need for the child. To begin, he, the child's beginning to ask these questions of, of who am I? So he begins. To, the answer is I'm, I'm a, I'm a ball player, right? I'm a basketball player, and and, he'll, and and there's a particular basketball player that he's enamored with, and that he's going to try to do the moves and the things and try to imagine himself to be, and that's and, and in that person he's going to try to find happiness. He's going to try to find himself in that person, and they all go through this, and it's 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 sad, it's pathetic, but it's part of life. And all we could do is to, is to daven a lot that they, and that we ourselves try to be good role models for them, that over time, what generally happens is that they come back to the parents. They come back to the parents. In the early stage, when they still can't process any of this, the last person that they want to look like or be like or to resemble is their father. That's like the last person. Be, the, if, the father, if the father does this, the kid will do the opposite. It's the last person. The father says uh, the father wears a hat on Shabbos. The kid, the kid wants to burn his hat, you know, by havdalah. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the last, it's the last, uh, you know. What? They burn the hat by kiddush. Oh, they carry, they carry the hat, and they, it's, but it's very. The hat became a very strong symbol of, of, of something that was imposed upon me. That's not me. It's not me. And that's why you find certain that that in these places where they make them wear hats. 
I'm not saying for or against that. This, I don't blame anybody for that, trying to look a certain way, whatever that is. But uh, So you'll find that the kids will just start to wear all kinds of silly hats. And they'll try to wear all different types of hats because <coughs> it doesn't make a difference. The school has a law that you have to wear hats. A kid will wear a cowboy hat, could wear a sailor hat. You know, by davening, I'm saying. So, uh, but, but they're, they're trying to say that that's really me. I'm, I'm, I'm not really the yeshivish kid, because yeshivish is a bad word. I'm not the yeshivish kid. I'm really like a fun, cool guy. You know, fun, cool guy wears a sailor hat to get the system, you know, to give him a shtach. Uh, I'm going to give a shtach to the yeshiva, and I'm going to be myself. So who are you? You're a little nudnik. Who are you? No, but I know that, I don't know who I am, but I know that I'm not that. So they'll put on a sail hat, or they'll put on a baseball hat, or they'll put on something. You see, you have to dive in a hat, so he puts on a, a cowboy hat. He dives, kid dives in a cowboy hat. I, I went to speak in a high school somewhere years ago, and the, I, the collection of hats that they had on the table, I, was, I never saw anything like it. was unbelievable. The creativity, like the, the hats that they had. There's a guy who had like three feathers coming out of the front, you know, but you have to wear a hat by Minchus. He wears a hat. He puts on a hat with, with feathers. Well, what, it, it, now, we know that it's, it's, so, it's so silly. Sai mitzah the school, it's silly, and mitzah the kids, it's silly. It's, it's just a ridiculous game that's going on. But the kid can't, the kid feels that that's not me, and, and he feels a tremendous resentment, a tremendous resentment when he's being forced into a certain mold that, that that's his father's Indian, it's not my Indian. It's not my Indian. This is a very big struggle <coughs> that the kids have. How this plays out with the Indian of, of, of Kedusha, we're going to talk about in the second part of our discussions. How all of this comes out with the Indian of Yosef Tzadik, we didn't get to it all yet. We're just trying to understand a little bit what everybody goes through, all of us have gone through, and the kids are going through. <clears throat> that's, that's, that's the second thing. Gimel. It's very much connected to Bayes. And I mentioned it last time. Gimel is not only the need to identify who I am, but the need to feel independence, to be free, to feel independent. And that naturally causes him to become distant from his parents. This is a, a, a continuation we base into Gimel. The parents, the child sees as a symbol of the past. He sees the parents as a symbol of the past, as something from the past. And his entire, his, his entire cheshik in this world is only, to, is only the future. And because of that, he's desperate to no longer be a child, not to be seen as a child. He wants to break out of all of that. His parents see when the child becomes re- resentful to his parents, and he's not talking to the parents, and he doesn't want to spend any time with the parents. You have parents that they force this, they push this. You have to, you have to come out with us, and you have to spend time with this. And you have, they're very, very pushy with the kid. The child gets just more and more angry. The truth is that the vast majority of these, of these kids, after they go through that kufa, after they go through that period where they need to express their independence, where they need to get far away, from their parents, the vast majority of them end up coming back and to be very makushu to the parents, unless the parents drive them away by forcing them to be all the time hanging around and every single Sunday we're going to grandma and grandpa and then you have to be with us and we're going out to eat, why don't you want to come with us? Every time the kid goes with his friends, you have parents that say, how come you never want to spend time with us? I heard mamish parents that say, why don't you care to be with us anymore? You only want to be with that guy, the guy is, the guy is no good for you, how come you don't spend more time with us, with us, with us? 
and the kid wants to go away Shabbos day and to be away Shabbos and to be by his friends, and the parents get very, very, they take it very personally, which is very immature, but it's understandable, it's very immature. The parents become very resentful, and because the parents are feeling a tremendous amount of, of pain, and they see this as a churban in the kesher between themselves and the, and the, and the child, when in fact <coughs> it's not. It's what Rav Kook calls Kedusha Macharevis. I left it on the I forgot the page, I'll be back in a second. Where's Nana? Could get the sponsor of the commercial break. <laughs> Many times our cook explains that what we see as being a korban, that when we see the child going through that going through that time of adolescence into the teenage years. And the child, and the child seems to be destroying everything. The relationship with his parents. The parents are trying so hard to be close, and uh, <coughs> and the kid seems to just, the kid just seems that he wants to destroy everything. He wants to break up the relationship with his parents. <coughs> now this is all very. It's a very deep sugya. And this, is, and this is what the children are going through. And there's a lot of chizik to understand what, how this works and what Rav Kook speaks about over here in these two Torahs. The one on top, Kedusha Machareves Ubona, is from Aris HaKadosh, the second Chelek of Aris HaKadosh, page Shin Yudalad. And the piece on the bottom, Heres Ubinyan, is from Chelek Gimel of Aris HaKadosh, Chelek Gimel of Aris HaKadosh, page Reishnun Aleph. These are very deep tires that are telling us a lot about the kids and about ourselves, and to give us chizik during the difficult time that the, that the boys go through. Yesh kedusha bona, v'yesh kedusha machravis. There is kedusha that builds, and there's kedusha that's holiness that destroys. Hakedusha habona, tova golui. When it comes to kedusha that that is that is building, the good of that kedusha, the beauty of that kedusha, is clear and is obvious. That's very clear and obvious. What's much more complicated is the hamachreves tova gonus. But you have kedusha machreves. You have holiness that is developing. You have holiness that is unfolding. You have holiness that is in progress. It's a work in progress. And at the present moment, this development of holiness is destroying, is mamish destroying. It's just destroying things, it's destroying everything in your life. It's machreves. machreves livnos, yoser The reason of Kuk says it's machreves is because this kedusha is in the process of building something 
which is much higher than anything that has already been built. It's, uh, it's in the process of building something much higher. But in order to build something much greater, everything <coughs> before gets destroyed. So there's <coughs> Kedusha Bona. Kedusha Bona. So that's when you have, so you have something which is obviously very, very good. <coughs> very good. So the Gemara says that, you know, Reb Zeri was the God of Hador, but everybody knows that how much he davened and he fasted so much that when he left Bovel to go to Etzisvel, that he should be able to forget everything that he learned in Bovel, which is a mystery to us. Why did Reb Zeri, why did he have to, why did he have to lose what he had learned? Because Reb Zeri was moving from Golitz, from Chutzlaritz, he was moving to Etzisvel. He was moving from Taras Bovel, from Taras Chutzlaritz, to Teresa Israel. Now, that's a huge transition. It might not seem like anything much to us because we just travel back and forth. What's the difference if I learn a black Gemara here, if I learn a black Gemara there? There's something else altogether. Teres Gullis, Teres Chutzlars, and Teres Israel. Bavli Yushalmi, it's different worlds. And, and Reb Zeir was davening and crying and fasting to be able to destroy, to be machrev, the building that he had worked so hard to develop while he was, while he was all of those years in Bavel. So when, when we would, if we would have met Reb Zeir at that point when he was in the place of whatever that means that he forgot, I, I don't know what that means, then we would have been very shocked, and and we 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 would have been very disappointed. We thought you're the God of Hadar. So Reb Zeir, Reb Zeir would have said you didn't learn, you didn't learn Aris Akardish. And if you learn Aris Akardish, you would see that there's something that's called Kedusha Bone, and it's Kedusha Machravis. And the only way to get to a higher, the only true way to get to a real higher level in Kedusha comes to Chorb. And that's, we're going to, again, we're going to see what happens when it comes to the Indian of Yosef and Sadiq in the child's life. We're not getting to that, we're not talking about that yet, but that, all of this is going to be, Mitch Hashem, uh, part of what we're going to discuss. So if Cook explains, Hamachreves Tova Gonuz. The Machreves, you see, when, you, when we see in the, in the children, especially in the boys, when we see that, that anger, that anger, that rage, when we see, again, there are different degrees with everybody. You have some kids that are just sweet the whole time. But when you see that anger and that rage, and you see the, the, the need to be away from the parents, and they're just not going along with the program, and why is this, why is this? So all we see is the Chorban on the outside. <clears throat> when the kid is davening and learning, you know, I have parents that they'll, be, that they'll be thrilled that they see the little boy like that he's, he's shuckling. No, it doesn't mean anything. What is a kid when he's shocked? But he, the tzura is a tzura taiva. Like I see a kid, it looks like he's, he's following the program. And when the kid's not following the program, he refuses to <coughs> go to davening or he refuses to go to shul. So we touch that up. We, we, we interpret that as being just disobedient and, and chutzpah to us and so on. Truthfully, they're very complicated children. And Rav Cook is talking about this Kedusha, which is a Kedusha, which is Machrevis, Kedei Livnos, Mashu Yosa, Nalim, Mashakra Bondui. That's not like the kid is thinking about that. It's not like the kid is going to say, Daddy, the reason I'm staying home from Shul today is because I want to come to much higher Madrid. <laughs> That's, I just want to tell you that. Or the reason, or the, oh, Shalom. Or, or the reason, or the reason that I am, the reason that I'm Isaac right now in, in looking at this magazine is because I, I really want to spend the rest of my life learning <coughs> Zara Kodesh and Kisveri. 
and I have to I have to be machriv. You understand? I have to be machriv all the Torah in my life, so I can get to the kisveri. I have to make a big churim. That's that's not what the child is consciously uh, thinking, but what he's going through, and what you and I have gone through all through our lives, is this process that Rav Cook describes. By the way, that's the story of our generation. Because our generation is getting ready for Mashiach. This is going to be ready. People look at the things that we're going through now. Sai and Gashmi is what's happening in Israel. We're Jews, wherever Jews live, it's like being, we're, back in, we're back in Germany in 1937, 36, 37. That's what it looks like. In Europe, for Jews, it's, it's like being back in Europe. Erev, Erev Holocaust. And when it comes to our Ruchnias, what's going on with the with the with the the churban that's taking place with the Ruchnias everywhere, everywhere because of the technology and the internet and so on. We don't understand how this is happening. But but the Yisod of Aramuna is that somehow, somehow this churban is only Kidei Livnos Mashu Yosanala Mimasha Kvanui. That something is being built, just like Avram Avinu came from Terach. Chazal talk about the Maral explains by Riches in Gruz Hashem how could it be from Tomei could come out Tahar the whole side of the Paraduma <coughs> how could it be that from this tomb that we're living through right now with the technology that somehow is going to be such a Vanahaf there's going to be a different world what we're living through right now is is Kedusha Machreves is Machreves there's a Chorban there's an unbelievable Chorban and if you look only at the Chorban and you don't strengthen yourself to believe that Hashem is preparing us for kedusha yoyisa na'ala, for something which is higher, you could you can mamish throw in the towel because b'derech hatava, which is a lashon of which I always say is lashon of kfira, but that way that's called b'derech hatava. There's no way that we could raise children nowadays that they should be holy people. Holy kulei they should be just normal people, normal people. How could you how could you grow up normal if you if you're exposed to these things? How could you grow up normal? <laughs> and many many people and many parents are just misyaish. They walk away from Chinuch. They walk away from being Mechanech, the children. It's Hafalim. They walk away from their own Kedusha. They keep Bechlal, don't believe it's possible to have, uh, to raise a child in Tavshin Ayin Vav that should be, that should have the Indian of Kedusha's Habris, Kedusha's Yosef at Sadiq. It's not possible. And in ourselves. And we've become very, very weakened by that. And Rav Kook is saying, Kedusha Abayna Toiva Golui, Vamachrevis Toiva Gonus. Just one more sentence. <coughs> of course, Rav Cook's sentences are usually 40 lines, but we'll just do a little, <laughs> with a little bit of this sentence. A person who grasps, who understands this Kedusha Machrevis, which is a very beginning in Kabbalah. He's not saying he doesn't use the terms of Kabbalah. A person who understands this, Kedusha Machrevis, See, I, I mentioned this in the past. I said I mentioned a few weeks ago that there was a time, around 25 years ago, my o- my oldest daughter started wearing a piece of hair down her face like this, like onto her nose. That's what all the girls were doing then. They were wearing this piece of hair. And um, and I, I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that. Bothered me. I don't know what was necessary for to have such a thing. And it looked to me like it was a it was a preacher's. And and uh, and uh, I was a big kanoi when I was younger. Not now I'm very calm and very easy. But when I was when I was younger, I was a very big kanoi. And uh, and I, and I didn't let her come into the room without making some sort of a comment. 
And then she would roll her eyes and move it over, put it you know on top of something. And then, uh, and I mentioned this to you a few weeks ago. I think my wife told me that um, just you just do me a favor and stop stop saying that about Leave her alone with that. I said it's it's not it's not a Yiddish thing, and it's imitating you know it's imitating the street and, and we can't do that. You know, so we have to fight against this. We have to we have to fight against this tumor that's that's creeping into our home and so on. And you know, then my wife started to roll her eyes. And like, oh my goodness! Like, what am I? You know, what am I going to do over here with this? She says, "Just let me, let me do me a favor. Let me just take care of the girls. You know, I'll take care of the girls. You just please don't, you know, tell the stories about the bedit shvet or marshal and just anything that has to do with looks or clothing or dressing, and, and just I'm going to, I'm in charge of that department." I became a much happier person. <laughs> no, really, I let go of it. I remember exactly when in time I did that. And I, at first I said, but it's my achrayis. Uh, it's my achrayis. I'm, I'm a father. So my wife says, you're gonna, you're gonna, she, she's not going to keep Shabbos if you keep up with this. You just better stop this stuff with the hair. So I said, so what is that? What is that? Why does she do that? She's do, like she's doing that to punish me. She's doing that to get to me, you know, like to upset me. So my wife just says, she's doing that because that's what all the girls are doing. And it's just, it's just going to pass, you know. Just If you make a big deal about it, 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 it it's, it's going to be bad. Just stop talking about it. Stop looking at her differently. Every time she walks in the room, she sees that you're looking at her. Like these girls, the second they walk into the school, they start to arrange all their clothing, you know. And the second they leave the building, they, they, everything, uh, they, they start to move things the other direction. The north, south, north, south, north, south. These girls, how they live, they don't <laughs> from Florida to Alaska, Florida. Every they're, they're moving around. They're dressed. They don't. <clears throat> they become. They're very, very conscious of this. Again, they're trying to identify themselves. But the issue is, they're trying to find atzmaut. Every day of the year for a kid is Yom Ha'atzmaut. Mithalal, <laughs> unhalal. Every day of the year for a kid is Yom Ha'atzmaut. It's not Yom Yerushalayim, <laughs> but it's Yom Ha'atzmaut. Every day is Liot Chavshi. Chavshi. And Chavshi for that child just means not them. Not them. So what, we're, what we see during this time is Rav Kook gives it this title that I've never seen in any other sefer, Kedusha Machreves Ubona. Kedusha. He says it's Kedusha. Because the Kedusha here is the kid's trying to find his name, her name. He's trying to be separate. He's trying to be himself. He's trying to come to something. He's trying to find out, what's my tachlis? Why am I here? Now, the, the, in order to do that, there's going to be this period of kedusha machravis. His kedusha, the greatest kedusha inside of us is to come to nekuda hapnimis, to come to the etzim of who we are. Because that's what Hashem created us, like the Svasema said, like we learned earlier. That name, what's my name? That's the greatest kedusha. The kid doesn't know how to do that. But one thing he knows is he's got to, like, knock down it. He's got to knock down anything else outside of what he begins to think is his name. And the first victims and the most obvious targets are mom and dad. That's just the most obvious target. They're, they're there, and they're always going to love you. So in order to be able to be myself and to be separated, to disengage and to be able to be myself, there's this period that Rav Kook calls Kedusha Machreves, 
you have to be a big person to, to believe, to close your eyes and to believe. That doesn't mean to abandon ship. We'll talk about that a lot. But you have to be a big person to be, to be able to believe during that time in that sentence. It's only to build something much greater than that little kid that you see in front of you. It's only to build something much higher than Yomashe Krabonui. Because what you have in front of you when they're, when they're 9, 10, 11, 12, that kid that's in front of you at that age, that's, called, that's like prefabricated, you understand? You know means prefabricated? We have, we have one on our block. Maybe there's a nicer word for them, prefab, I don't know. Module, huh? Yeah. So we had that. I, I went, I, I went to Shachris one day, on my block, and I went to Shachris, and I was here, I was here in the shul during the day. The whole, and I went back after Minchamarv, and there was a house on, a new house on the block. <laughs> the mamish took away, they took away the house, and they put a, they put, they plopped down instead of brick by brick by brick, they plopped down this whole, this whole thing, <coughs> and and the the kids that we have when they're little, they're modular kids, they're prefabs. We just each one of us has a catalog, right? However, you and I, whatever catalogs we look through, and you say, "Okay, I'll take that." And the Bereshit says, "That's yeah, yeah, I like the model uh, 0023 in the catalog." <laughs> and, you, and then you press the thing, thing, and then and then you decide. Then you put on the you put on the clothing, you put on lavush. You do this, this, you do this, you do, and everything. That's your prefab kid. But then it's the, but then the kid's sitting there, and and the kid says, "No, I'm, I, I, uh, the Nisham is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not." And he starts to tear down that house. Because he wants to build something of his own. It's very hard to see that. It's very hard to, to go through that time when the kid's doing that, to knock down everything you built, you built and I built, what we built. They really love us. And they really, and they really are going to build, mostly they're going, to be, they're going to be building based upon what we taught them. But for now, they have to be machre of the building. For the sake of Chorben. And for the sake of a Chorben, just like you'll see... Like a kid will walk over to this, the sister made a Legos thing, or the brother, the, the kid's working on the Lego the whole Shabbos, right? <laughs> and, then, and then you see like the other kid going over with that look in the eyes, and you go, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> what do you have to do that for? What's that, what, you have some Hanar from that? You start to think you have like a God forbid an evil child? They're all, they're all construction, but there's first like a lot of demolition until you get to the construction. I will finish the piece of cook and go on to the other five Nakudas. Yeah. Yeah.